When I was a kid, never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now, what's the plan now? Gotta move on, those days are gone now. Take me back. Stories that need to be told. Mike Young here, it's Monday morning, getting ready for a strong week. No drinking last night, feel good. Feel real good, just got out of the gym. Fake wind, wind sprinted, did some real heavy lifting for a very short period of time. Feel good about that. Beautiful Mexican 26 year old in the gym, tried to say my best shit, didn't work. She was working out hard. She uh, did a bunch of quick, I walked in, she was sprinting, then she went to the sit-ups, then she did some girl burpees. Right before she left, I said, wow, you're getting in the sprint workout. She, she didn't reply, then she just, she walked out. Quick door shut, basically I just walked it off. Stories that need to be told. I'm going to tell you a story about being on the road as a comedian. <laughs> and I'm not telling this story because I'm trying to, you know, brag about being on the road. I'm just telling, this is a story and the theme is dudes, dudes, put your girl in check. Do not be a jealous animal ready to fight another dude when he did absolutely nothing wrong. That's the theme here. Be men. Be men. Be a man, bro. Okay? You know who you are. You're going to listen to this one day. And hopefully you're going to think about it. Because the end result for you didn't turn out great. Here's the deal. A few years back, I started the Young American Comedy Tour. Me, Bobby Lee, Steve Renazizi, Tony Rock, Butch Bradley, Burt Kreischer, Steve Byrne, Sebastian Maniscalco, Brett Ernst, Steve Simone, some of the best and biggest and brightest names in stand-up comedy today. I had the idea when I was at the comedy store one day, about five, six years back. Sorry if I'm breathing heavy. I still feel, feel like I'm still working out. Years back, I'm looking around the comedy store. I had heard rumors that the Kings of Comedy with D.L. Hughley and Bernie Mac, I heard they made like $16 million a year just cleaning up cash-wise. And I literally looked around the comedy store and I saw Sebastian in the corner sipping a drink while his face was falling because he has an allergy to alcohol. Brett Ernst in another corner having a full debate about something nobody gives a shit about. Bobby Lee sipping on his ninth Red Bull, calling himself sober, but fucking twisting Elmer's glue in his hand, rubbing that shit together till he creates a ball and makes a snowman. <clears throat> Renazizi feeling strong after the league is premiering and, you know, getting a little fame. But his fame's never as good as his hair. Guy's got the best hair in the business. I look around and I say to myself, if these dudes can do $16 million in business, this crew right here could at least do $2 million. No one really knows us that well. I mean, Bobby was on Mad TV. Sebastian did a Showtime thing. I did a Showtime thing. Brett did Comedy Central. But $16 million, they're not $14 million more talented than we are. So I said, I'm going to put a, together like a fucking rat pack of comedy dudes. Call it a boy band, a rat pack. I don't care. I went to all my boys. I said, yo, I'm going to call this thing the Young American Comedy Tour. I'm going to take it into the improvs, and I'm going to see if they'll get it, get us some dates. I didn't know what I was doing. 
I didn't have a manager. I was with Three Arts, who's a big management company. You know, they rep all the top comedian dudes, Kevin Hart, all these guys. So I wasn't with them anymore. I was flying solo, gangster. I took the names. I took the idea. I went and got a LLC, started my company, Redleaf. I went and uh, I patented the name Young American Comedy Tour. I went into the improv headquarters and I said, here's the idea. Excuse me. And right away, Aaron, who books the improvs, who's cool as shit, fucking wrote down on a piece of paper 10 dates. She said, here are your dates. Here's your offer. And the offers were all cool. They were cool. We were all going to go make a couple thousand for the weekend. But I, I wasn't schooled on door deals, money deals. I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I just accepted the offer. Great. Thanks. And I called my first batch of dudes, me, Sebastian, and Brett. Let's go do Dallas. We went and did Dallas. You know, then Brett wasn't available for one weekend. So I said, let's let me grab Ren Azizi. And then let me grab Sam Tripoli. So cut to the tour's doing great. I'm overpaying everybody, which I didn't know until the end when everyone started headlining themselves. And it turned out I was actually paying them more than they were getting headlining. So my bad for paying you too much, being a good guy. It's okay. It all comes back. So we're in West Palm Beach, Florida, a place where super rich people get together with super poor people. And whenever you have the rich and the poor facing off around each other, shit's not going to go good. You know what I mean? You got broke hoods looking at rich fucking white dumbasses showing off their shit at, at, at City Place, you know, showing off, and they're just sitting back going, I'm going to get that. Anyway, it's an amalgamation of humanity that does not mix well, I don't think. So anyway, West Palm Beach Improv, tour is booked, me, Renazizi, Sam Tripoli, all set to go, excited, never been to West Palm. We get to West Palm Beach, we do media, we do press, we go in the morning, we blow it up on the radio, show's going to be packed, improv owners are happy, everybody's thrilled. That day, me and Renazizi and Tripoli, we go, we sip a little Starbucks outside in the sun, beautiful chick sits next to us. This is just how I am. If you're beautiful and you look real single, I'll probably say something to you if I'm single. And I was single at the time, real single. So I said to her, hey, you want to come see a comedy show? Yeah, I love comedy. We talked a little bit. Renazizi and Tripoli are like, man, young, you could talk to anybody. I was like, no shit. She agrees. She's coming to the show. She tells me she's going to bring some friends. I leave her some tickets to the show. All good. We do our last bit of media. Maybe Renazizi goes and does a TV spot on the local news just to pump up the show. Show's packed. Show's sold out. Fun night. We get there. I don't see the girl. All good. We go. Show number one Thursday night. Get on stage. Rock it. I'm hosting the thing. Renazizi gets up. Rocks it. Tripoli gets up. Rocks it. After the show, we're outside, we're taking pictures, we're signing DVDs, we're selling merchandise, we're doing whatever we're doing, boom, there's the girl. Oh, cool, you made it. 
oh, you're so funny. You guys are so funny. That show was great. I should have known she had like a little darkness and sadness in her eyes. So she says to us, hey, my friends own the bar next door. They own the bar next door, the Blue Martini. Come on next door. You have a drink. Cool. We're totally down for that. We're like, how great is life? We are going to the Blue Martini next door to the spot, and we are going to have a drink with a girl and her friends and just have a fun night. We go into the bar. Girl knows everybody. Bunch of meathead security. Bunch of tattooed dummies. Guy's got neck tattoos. I'm like, man, it's it's a high-end bar with low-end humans. So we go in. We sit down in a VIP section. It's real dark in there. And I remember my back is against the booth. The girl I invited, she's sitting to my left. Her friend is to her left, Renazizi, Tripoli. They're to their left. Tripoli goes to the bathroom. He disappears for a second. Renazizi goes to the dance floor. It's just me and this girl sitting there. I look back, I see, and then Tripoli went to the dance floor after. So I look back, they're having fun, they're partying. The girl's kind of holding my arm a little bit, I remember. And I'm thinking to myself, man, life is cool. You know, life is good right now. I dreamed about this shit. I dreamed about doing stand-up on the road, you know, meeting pretty girls, rock and roll style shit. You know, I dreamed about that. And the dream was starting to come true. And as I'm having that thought of how great life is, bam, I get fucking blasted out of nowhere. One, two, three, four, I'm getting peppered. And my first thought, because I had some trouble with some people in LA, was who sent somebody to Florida to fuck me up from LA? That's how, that's where my mind was at. Because I had, that's another story that will be told, but not now. And believe me when I tell you, I'm a good guy. So... I get blasted, and by the time I realize I'm even being hit, I get my hands up, I stand up, and the dude is gone. I don't see his face, I don't see a body, I see nothing. I look up, I kind of catch a glimpse of a bald head running out of the building. That's all I see. I look around, I feel my face, my teeth are numb. Dude fucked me up good. Cut me, broke my nose in one spot chipped my orbital bone, like just went to town on me when I never saw him coming. Sucker punch beyond. So the girl next to us is screaming. The girl next to me, she's screaming. Renazizi and Tripoli, they see the fray. They come running over. What the fuck happened? Everybody runs outside except for me because I'm tore up. They run outside. Dude is gone. Completely gone. Just, Just in the mist, disappeared, done. Dude escaped. So then my street brain starts working, and I'm from Detroit. I'm from outside Detroit, Southfield, Michigan. Grew up in a good little neighborhood, but, you know, had enough dirt around me to know what the fuck is up in the streets. I, I know what's up. And I know from the way this girl's acting that she knows the dude that hit me. She knows the dude that hit me. So she is fake crying, the weakest, lamest cry I ever saw. And immediately I turned to her. I said, who the fuck was that? I have no idea. I don't. No, 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 no. Who the fuck was that? I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. I didn't even see. Who was it? She starts panicking. Now I know she knows who it is. It's her, some ex-boyfriend, some dude stalking, some situation. We're going to get to the bottom of it. So they call the ambulance because I got to go in an ambulance because my shit's broken up. 
I'm in the ambulance and I'm heading to West Palm Beach Hospital. And Renazizi and Tripoli are with me in the ambulance. They can't believe what happened. They got the girl cornered. She's going to come up with a name at some point. We know we got her shook. I go to the hospital. God bless Renazizi. God bless Tripoli. They're not the motherfuckers you want taking care of you. I had to call this girl I knew from Florida, from Miami, who's just like a super cute model chick with a funny personality. So, you know, the light in the tunnel here at this moment is I'm in the ER getting stitched up. My shit's a disaster. And in walks a 5'10", stunning blonde, fresh off Victoria's Secret catalog. And in like little baby shorts. I don't even know what the fuck she was wearing. And high heels. And she's mad because somebody punched me. And she's like, I want to know where Mike Young is. Da, da, da. And later on, Tripoli and Renazizi were like, dude, even when you're fucked up in the hospital getting stitched up, you got some fucking 26-year-old supermodel rolling up to the hospital to find you. They're like, you're not that hurt. I'm like, yeah, I am. <sighs> anyway, I'm a disaster. I'm in the hospital. I'm stewing. I'm asking my boys, yo, did you press that girl? Do we, got, we, we, do we have this dude's name? What's up? Where's he at? Got nothing from her. She disappeared and went home. But I know her name. I got her number. I got the police you know, involved a little bit at this point. So my godfather from Detroit has a place in West Palm. And my godfather was my dad's best friend connected dude you know he knows people everybody knows people you know what i mean i'm not trying to brag it's just people know people it's just the way the world works i called him now he's all upset he has to get out of bed he loves to go to bed early he comes down to the hospital he sees me i tell him everything that happened while i'm getting stitched up he says okay tomorrow at noon i'll meet you at the place that you got beat up at i'll meet you at the bar next to the comedy club so I'm in the hospital. I go home that night. Finally, I get a call from the girl. She's going to meet me at the, at the restaurant that I got beat up at. She'll be there, too, at 1230. So I got my godfather meeting me there, and the girl's going to meet me there, and she's going to give me this dude's name. I, I get healed up. I go home. My girl Carly comes. She takes care of me. Ice pack, long legs. You know what I mean? I'm going to be okay, but I'm upset. I'm kind of depressed, like... I can't perform the next night because I got a giant taped thing over my nose and my eyes are black and blue. I just, I can't do it. I want to figure out a way to perform. I'm not going to be able to do the show. So I'm thinking, do I sue the place? Because obviously these meathead security dumbasses, they let this dude in. It was an inside job. He definitely knew somebody. So I get to the, Mart uh, the blue martini the next day. I'm in the spot. My godfather shows up. He whispers a couple things. Drops a few names, says something to the owner. Owner gets on the phone, calls every one of his managers, every one of his bartenders, every one of his security people, and says, get me that motherfucker's name within an hour. I don't know what my godfather said to him. I don't care what he said to him. Within an hour, the girl showed up to the martini with a piece of paper with homeboy's fucking number, address, license, everything. We had all his information. Done. I get his information. I'm going to press full charges. But before I press full charges, I'm in sort of a heated situation where I'm feeling like life is short and I'm feeling like I'm going to get revenge and I'm feeling like a dummy. You know, I'm not feeling like letting the law handle it because I just, I'm not. So Brett Ernst, he's kind of a street dude. 
and Brett's got 12 buddies that came to the show but didn't see this happen and they weren't with us. So Brett's boys are hilarious and they're good dudes. And, and for all you people out there, just so you know, when you're in entertainment and like you entertain and like your job is to make people laugh or like feel good, other people like you. Some don't, but sometimes you get dangerous dudes that don't mind hanging out with you and being your friend. And it's kind of always good to know people like that. So just a little note out there in case anyone's thinking about like sucker punching a musician or fucking attacking a comedian. Just so you know, it's not a good idea. You know what I mean? Because it's just one of the benefits of fucking making people happy is other people like you, sometimes dangerous people. So Brett's 12, 13 dudes, they roll up to the condo later that day, and they're like the funniest. They're just like, yo, Mike, listen, bro, my boy's, you know, his kid's going through middle school. We need the money. If you want to just drop a couple bucks, you know, we'll handle this. So I'm game. I'm like, let's do it. I got his address. Let's go fucking find this dude and stomp his ass out. But I calmed down. I talked to my brother, who's like my smarter side of my brain a lot of the times i call him he's in detroit my godfather says just relax i'm friends with the da let me let me, let me get this information over to him and long story short i file the police report everything gets handled they pick the dude up you know about a week later they arrest him he's already got priors for fucking a battery on his girl, because he's a fucking bitch, and he, and listen, that's, a, that's another story, I don't mean that, like, you know, every now and then, a dude's not in the wrong, but I'm saying, this type of dude, trust me, he's weak, so they pick him up, they lock him up, charges are pressed, court date set, I'm ready to go against this dude, and I'm thinking, and I'm still going back and forth on him, I'm still going back and forth, I got Brett's boys on the line, I got his address. I'm Google earthing his house. Like, I got his house. I got a couple relatives and still over in Florida. They're kind of in the construction business. They're kind of close by. I'm really having a hard time not doing the, the wrong thing. Hard time. Hard time. And so <clears throat> I decide I'm going to go to court against this dude and I'm going to bury him. But I know that in South Florida, you just never know. You don't know. And it's his town, so I don't know, man. There's a little 8% chance, this little thought in my head, that this motherfucker could get off. He could get off in, a, in, in the court of law. He could go to jail. He could get off. But I want him fucking done. Court date's rolling around. I'm getting healed up, but not really because my tooth is a little bit chipped and my shit's a little numb. And I'm having a real mental hard time getting over it because I had some shit in the past. And it's, it's still just kind of, you know, lingering. <clears throat> Court date's coming. I'm packed. I'm ready to go to Miami or fly into Miami and then go to West Palm for the court date. That night, I get a phone call from his lawyer. He wants to settle. He wants to pick a number that I'm comfortable with. And he wants to fuck it. He's afraid to go to jail. So basically, I think about it. I think about it for a minute. Do I want to take the risk of putting him in jail or do I want to bury his money financially? Because I know he's got no money. He's broke. He's fucking in his late 20s living with his parents. So I decide I'm going to fucking make up a number that I want that, ma that makes me happy. 
I pick a number and I, I, I email his lawyer. Here's the number. He does his work. He gets back to me in an hour. He's agreed. The number's high. Can you come down a little bit? I said, hell no. 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 You're lucky I don't go up. He comes back with the number. Homeboy signs his papers. From what I hear, his family had to put one of their houses, refinance their house to get the money because they had no money. And we signed off on the deal. And I never went to court, but I buried him. I buried him for a year. And every month for a year, I got a fucking check from the Department of Corrections in Florida because that's how they do it. And as part of his deal, the felony did not stay on his... The felony did not stay on his record, which bummed me out. But believe me, he'll get another one. And every month, I was getting a pretty nice check for over a year, actually, from this dude. And I guess the reason I was going to... I wanted to tell this story is just... Fellas, fellas, check your anger. Check it. Check your girl. It's her. Okay? It's her. It's not me. It's not some dude you never met. Okay? I'm not having an affair with your girl. I met that dumbass at noon the same day. Okay? So if you're one of these insecure bitch-ass dudes who needs to put his girl in a headlock when you go out with her and you need to fucking keep her on the tightest leash in the world, then you need to check your girl or check yourself, bro. You know what I mean? Get some therapy, bro. Get some medication in your system. Whatever you need to do, get your shit together. You know what I mean? Because it ain't me. And next time, next time you're going to catch one when you're not even fucking looking. You think you had got me when I wasn't looking? Are you fucking out of your mind, bro? I got nine people in within a mile of you that love comedy, love stand-up comedy, love what I do, love what my boys do. You know what I mean? And because they love what we do, they got no problem fucking snatching you up, you little skinny bitch, out of your fucking house. <clears throat> You'll get snatched up. You know, and if I didn't think life was going so well and things were going so well, believe me, we'd play the fucking body snatcher shit right now. I'd go too. I'd go. You know? So the moral of the story is, man, don't be a jealous fucking dude who's willing to like put his dumbass freedom and life on the line by hurting another dude that has nothing to do with your girl. It's your girl, bro. And it's you. So get your shit figured out before you end up cutting a check every month through the Department of Corrections that you truthfully can't afford. Because homeboy, we live in a world now where social media and the internet, you heard of the internet? It's a pretty big fucking thing. It's really easy to find out everything about you. I know where you work. I know where you go cook. I know where you fucking hang out. I know the bars that you hang out at. It's easy, bro. It's easy. So let it be a lesson. And I'm so glad because karma's a motherfucker. And I think even deciding not to do what I decided not to do, I got some good things coming to me. Good things had come back to me for that. You know? But then there's that little devil in my brain that's like, you know what? You're actually doing the world a better favor by fucking that dude up. 
you're going to get better karma by kidnapping a dude. It's something I got to deal with myself. I'll figure that out on my own. As I stare at a bottle of tequila who's yelling at me from the top of the fridge. But I wanted to tell that story just for that. Just for dudes to know, it ain't me, buddy. It's you. So figure your shit out. You know what I mean? Now on the next story, and I'm, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna tell you probably five or six tales from the road because there's some beautiful tales from the road, beautiful. I open for Bob Saget for seven eight years now. I've had some of the greatest nights of my life. I've walked out of the Tempe Improv and three beautiful dancers have come up to me and said we want to hang out and I said yes, so do I. Those are the kind of nights I want to have. Not the type of nights where I get sucker punched by a jealous skinhead dum-dum. Okay? Because it's just not worth it, buddy. You know, you hurt me. I shook your life up for a year. I know what it did to you. I, I researched. I know your family didn't have the money to, to handle this. I don't care about your family at all. You know what I mean? So, the moral of the story, check yourself, check your relationship, check your girl. Do not be a jealous, spiteful, angry person because it's, it's, it's a deeper issue, fellas. And women, too. Yo, women, if you, you know, you girls that come in swinging and throwing bottles at other girls, and like, yo, check your shit. Check it. Yes, sometimes there's a reason to, to handle business. Like, yes, sometimes it is a different story. But when it's a jealousy situation and the other person has really nothing to do with it, this is a specific situation where you need to be checked. Okay? I didn't mean to get deep and dark on stories that need to be told. The stories that need to be... I didn't mean, I didn't mean to get deep and dark on my stories that need to be told section of my podcast. But you know what? This is good for me. This gets shit off my chest. And there will be many more stories because they don't end. And maybe the next one I tell you a beautiful story. Maybe I tell you the story of, you know, getting flown on a private plane to Leo's birthday party just because I'm good at basketball. That's a whole nother story. Mike Young, peace out, signing out. God bless. Talk to you soon.